Amen. All right, are you guys ready? Say, I'm ready, Grant. Today, here you go, Rach. Today is going to be a little bit of a kick in the pants. Are you ready? All right, Sharon's not ready. Sorry, Sharon. My apologies early. Um, so we're going to continue our five-fold ministry talk this week, and this is the last one of the three. So if you remember the first week, we talked about what were the five-fold giftings that Jesus gave. Why did he give of himself uh, these specific gifts? And we talked about how Jesus loves to be a bodybuilder. Amen? Second week, we talked about specifically what are each gift and then kind of demystifying those gifts so that you can be able to claim them yourself and say, Jesus, I believe he gave me the gift of whatever, and own it and believe it and say yes and amen so that Jesus can do the things that he wants to do in you. And then this week we're talking about how to grow in those specific gifts, all right? So as we continue on, we're going to read the scripture one more time and then we're going to jump into it. So... It says Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 16, kingdom translation. There is one body and one spirit. You were, after all, called to one hope, which goes with your call. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all, through all and in all. But grace was given to each one. Say each one. Say to me. Grace was given. According to the measure the king used when he was distributing gifts. And that's why it says, when he went up on high, he led bondage itself into bondage and he gave gifts to people. And when it says here that he went up, what this means is that he also came down into the lower place, that is the earth. And the one who came down is also the one who went up, yes, above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. So these were the gifts that he gave. Some were to be apostles, others prophets, others evangelists, others pastors and teachers. And their job is to give God's people the equipment they need for their work of service. And so to build up the king's body, the bodybuilder Jesus. All right? The purpose of this is that we should all reach unity in our belief and loyalty and in knowing God's Son. Then we shall reach the stature of the mature man measured by the standards of the king's fullness. As a result, we won't be babies any longer. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. We won't be thrown this way and that on a stormy sea, blown about by every gust of teaching, by human tricksters, by their cunning and deceitful scheming. Say boo. Instead, we must speak the truth in love and so grow up into in everything into him. That is into the king who is the head. He supplied the growth that the whole body needs, linked as it is and held together by every joint which supports it, which each member doing its own proper work, then the body builds itself up in love. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, okay. So now let's jump into some scriptures. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want to read from the ESV so you can go find that if you want to. When you get there, say, Grant, I'm there. Ooh, she's fast. Verse 14 of chapter 25. Say, Grant, I'm there if you're there. Okay, okay, we're doing better. All right, here we go. 
This is the parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey. This is Jesus talking, who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. Say hooray. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Say hooray. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Say boo. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Say that with me. Enter into the joy of your master. Gosh, I love that. Verse 22, and he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here, and I've made two talents more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Ah, I love that. Verse 24, and he also, who had received the one talent, came forward. Saying, Master, I I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. And so I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent into the ground. And here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I scatter no seed. And then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should, re- should have received what was mine with interest. And so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch. Okay. So here's what I want to point out. Um, Jesus gave the talent, and he expected when he gave this investment to his people, he expected a reward, a return. And he loves to give great and huge rewards to those who take risk with the things that he invests with them. And then it's his joy, come into the joy of your master, right? But fear has no reward. Say, fear has no reward. The investment that Jesus gives to you, if you have fear with it and you're afraid, well, what if, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What, what, if, what if I fall flat on my face? Fear has no reward. And it is not what Jesus intends for you. So Jesus gave to you these gifts with the specific measure because he had dreams for you of doing mighty things in the body of Christ on the earth, advancing the kingdom of God. And if you fear what will happen if you try to do something with those gifts, there's no reward. But if you take risk and you invest those things, there is great reward and there is great joy. Amen? I want to read it in another, in another chapter, another book. Look up Luke chapter 19. 
Luke chapter 19, verse 11. This is ESV again. Luke 19, verse 11. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. I see, I see that. I see that. Thank you. Okay. Luke 19, 11. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell them a parable. Because he was near to Jerusalem and because they were supposed, so they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. Verse 12. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then to return. So calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. Well, when he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made ten more minas. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you've been faithful in very little. You shall have authority over ten cities. Amen. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. And then another came to him, saying, Lord, here's your mina, which I kept, laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. And I tell you the truth, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus is alive. <laughs> okay. So what I want you to pay attention to here is verse 15 of Luke chapter 19. It says, when he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered those servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained, say gained, gained. by doing business. Okay, so Jesus is a very, very wise uh, investor, okay? When he gives something to somebody, he fully anticipates gain. He's a smart dude. I don't know if you guys know this, but Randy is an investment advisor, a wealth strategist. So if you want to know how to grow your money, go talk to Randy, and he can help you get set up on a path for life. If I give my money to Randy and say, hey, here's 10000 bucks," and 10 years later I come back and Randy gives me $10,000, I'm not going to be a happy client. I'm going to say, adios, amigo, goodbye. But thankfully, he knows not to do that, and he will bring much more money with that $10,000, right? Jesus is a great investor, and he wants to give more to those who steward well. So he tests you. You're always going to start with a small little amount, and he will test you. Here's a couple pennies. Good luck. See, see what you do. Even though he has the wealth of the universe that he could easily pass on to you, or the giftings and the talents of the universe that he could give to you, he's never going to just give it over. He's always going to give you a tiny little bit, and he's going to test you and watch and see how you steward and how you take care of the things that, you, that he gives to you. And the great thing is, if you pass the test, 
he gives exponentially more. He's not going to give you, here's 10 cents, and now here's another 10 cents. And another. He's going to give you 10 cents, and now he gives you cities. He gives you exponentially more if you're faithful to steward well the things that he gives to you. So Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And sowing and reaping, it's this universal law that even God himself is, is, has to follow. And Jesus knows it. He sowed into you, and he expects to reap great rewards with the thing that he sowed into you. I've been listening to Rick Pino's album, which I'm just in love with. And there's this part in there that he talks about the apple. Has anybody heard this, this little sermon, this little story? So, no, only Sharon. Have you heard it? Oh, my gosh. This is not my story, but I'll pretend it's my story. Did you know that an apple, if you take a seed of an apple and you go plant it in the ground, there is a minimum of six years where that apple tree will produce no fruit. Six years. When God gives you a promise, when God gives you a gifting, when he gives you a talent, whatever he gives you, you have to be faithful to steward the thing that he gives you and hang tight. Don't give up. Don't be the person who works hard and is looking forward to this apple for five years and 364 days and then you give up. And then the next goofball comes walking around like, ooh, an apple the next day. Because there's a minimum time period it takes for these, the fruit to come about, okay? Now get ready to have your mind blown. Did you know? That in an apple, there's typically 10 seeds in one apple. Anybody eat an apple this week? All right. Wow. Wow. More than half the church. Um, I did not eat an apple this week. Um, but in an apple, there's, a, there's about 10 seeds. There's five little packets, pockets, and there's two seeds each. So get this. One apple tree, when it's bearing fruit after its six-year period can produce 500 apples per season, okay? One little tiny seed, if you will steward it and put it in the ground and take care of it and wait seven years, it will all of a sudden produce 500 apples from this one tree. Now do the math. Take those seeds and do it again. And you, if you have space to plant those apples, in 14 years' time... One tree has the potential of 5,000 trees every single season, okay? And in another seven years' time, you could be at 25 million trees from one little tiny seed in a 21-year 20 20 period of time. It's crazy. <laughs> one seed has the potential in 21 years' time to produce 25 million trees. Isn't that crazy? So, all that to say, the seed that Jesus put inside of you, the measure that he put inside of you with this gifting that he gave you has unbelievable, earth-shattering potential if we will steward it well. And if you put forth the effort to steward it well, there will be tremendous reward and joy for you in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? But if you disregard it, 
that is not the case. Okay? So practically, um, I only have two steps, and then this thing's going to be over. Ready? Practically, how do you grow in your gifting? Last week, you stood up here and said, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, I'm a shepherd, I'm a teacher. So how do you develop, how do you grow those giftings? I'm going to go super simple today. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty. Step one is to find heroes and learn and be inspired by those heroes, okay? Uh, Revelations talks about how we're going to overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. So the power of testimony is, is incredibly powerful and potent. You hear one story of one person with your gifting, who you relate with, and you think, oh my goodness, that was me, a nobody, doing nothing for the king of kings, and they're saying the same thing, and all of a sudden they take a little tiny risk with their, with their thing, and they steward it well, and then Jesus begins to grow them and do great things through them. You hear one story, and your thought can immediately change just like that and give you the power to begin to move forward and try to take risks with your giftings. So you've got to find heroes, people who have similar giftings or, or similar backgrounds and are doing the things that you want to be doing. Go find those people. Read their books. Watch their videos. Listen to their stories. Find them in the Bible. Find them living. Find them dead. They're all over the place, like all over the place. There's plenty of them. But find heroes who are doing the things you dream of doing and let those testimonies fuel you. Because the power of thought is profound. You hear one thought that comes your way and you think, oh, woe is me. I'm just a, a housewife and I, you know, just take care of these kids and that's all I do. And then you hear a testimony of a little housewife who takes a risk and moves to China to love on some kids. And now there's kids being healed left and right and salvations and churches and all this amazing things happening. You hear one testimony, your thoughts change forever. And what you think is possible just change forever and it will fuel you to move forward. Here's a super practical example that has nothing to do with spiritual things, okay? But it's from my life this last week. Um, but just to, just to show you the power of thought and what it can do if you have the right thinking, if you change your thinking. So um, my coach, I, I sell houses. My coach, he sells a whole lot more houses than I do. And his coach sells a whole lot more houses than he does, okay? So this week on Wednesday, we were talking about uh, lead generation. And we buy leads. We pay Zillow. We pay Realtor.com and all these people to buy leads to sell houses, right? So we're talking about this. And he says, Grant, uh, whenever um, his coach, his name is Michael. My coach's name is Tim. He said, when I first talked to Michael, he, he told me flat out, he said, uh, Tim, I will not speak to you again until you go out today and you go find lenders that you work with to partner with you $1,500 a month by 5 p.m. today. If you fail, you're going to give $1,000 to the opposing political party. And this was election time. So he was not about to give $1,000 to his enemy, right? And so he was very motivated to, um, to go out and find $1,500 in, in mortgage lenders helping him partner to buy leads. And, um, and guess what happened? End of the day, he had way more than $1,500 of people saying, heck yeah, we like what you're doing. We're in. Let's go for it. 
And so we're talking about this, and I come into this conversation. I didn't even know we were going to have this conversation, but I come into the conversation with one thought, one mentality. I have, I have had one lender in the past give me 200 bucks a month. Not that big, right? Um, and then I quit all of that. So then I come into this thinking, and I've all, the lenders I currently work with have already presently told me, no, Grant, we do not do that. Company policy, we're not interested, okay, months ago. So I come into this conversation having one thought, this is not going to work for me. He tells me this one story, and he gives me one little tiny encouragement. It wasn't even like you got to give all this money by this. It was just like, hey, man, it's, it's doable. It's no problem. Go, go start talking. So one thought, one conversation, one story, and I go out, and we have a team meeting with, uh, with our guys a couple hours later, and I ask them, hey, do you all know anybody that's doing this? My guys already told me no, I don't think it's going to work with them. And a couple people are like, yeah, we'll set up a meeting for the next day. And then I make a phone call to one of my lenders that I do very little business with who's flat out told me no company policy. And I call him up, and he says, actually, yeah, let's meet next week. I'm in. Let's figure it out. Tell me what you want to do. Let's do it. I'm in. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stunned. I'm like, what? No, hold on. He told me no. And my thought is changing. So then I call my, my favorite lender, and I, and I start talking to her. And, I'm, and I feel bad because this is money coming out of her pocket like it's money coming out of my pocket. I get it. It's the business. And I say, look, where we're going, we want to crush it in real estate. We want to sell a ton of houses. I got people that I've got to give great leads to on a regular basis. We got to push. And so I'm looking for partners to come on board and, and jump with me. And I'm looking for, um, you know, every single month giving money. And she says to me, well, let's talk specifics. How much are we thinking? And I said, I don't know, like, I don't like maybe like 300 bucks a month is maybe like what I'm thinking. She, goes, she says to me, um, that, hey, that's fine. No problem. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to be one of many, many. I, how much is it going to cost me to become the only one in your one platform that I'm working with? I said, well, I mean, honestly, we're going to at least 1000 bucks a month, and then we're just only going to go up from there. And she goes, done. Let's meet next week. We'll nail it down. <laughs> so I call my coach. I'm like, Tim, oh, no, what do I do? <laughs> They're telling me yes, and I did not expect this at all. And then the next day, we have another conversation with a mortgage lender that I've never met in my whole life. And we're sitting talking to her, and she goes, look, we want to grow with a brokerage. We want to we crush it in the next five years. What do you think about maybe owning part of a brokerage? And we'll partner with you, no questions asked. And um, 500 bucks a month, no problem. That's peanuts for us. What? You guys, all because of the power of thought. I heard a story, my thought tweaked just a little bit and just barely. I wasn't even over the line yet. And all of a sudden, because I had a different thought, now new things are opened up for me, right? So the same thing is true in every arena of your life. But especially if you want your reward to come from Jesus in the kingdom of heaven, then you've got to start having new thoughts of what's possible with your giftings that Jesus gave to you because he plans to see great gain from the thing that he invested inside of you. Amen? And if he plans on it, you know it's possible, you know it's real, and so we've got to begin to take risk and not to fear what could happen, but to take risk to see those things happen. Amen? So thoughts lead to vision and belief. Which leads to motivation and courage to take risk. Have a different thought. Find some heroes and listen to them. Step two, get into motion. Say, get into motion. motion. Newton's first law of motion is that an object at rest will remain at rest. 
and a body in motion will remain in motion. So you've got to start putting your gift to work anyhow, anyway. Okay? If you're sitting still and you're not utilizing these gifts that Jesus gave to you, then listen, I don't care at all what direction you point your gift. But just get up off of your butt and begin moving forward with your gift in any possible way and you will be in motion. And once you're in motion, it will become much easier to stay in motion and to get to the place where Jesus wants to take you. Amen? So get up, get into motion. They say, oh, Grant, what if I fail? What if I try to do something and it doesn't work? Well, good, you need to fail. Guess what? In exercise science, which I physically know very little about, (laughs) the only way to build muscles is to fail. Am I right? Yes, says the man who can bench three, four hundred and five pounds. The only way to get bigger physically with your muscles is to push to the point where you physically are incapable of continuing to do that thing. To get to the place of failure and then your muscles will break and they hurt and the weight falls on you and you almost die. (laughs) Praise the Lord, that's how you get stronger. Okay? You know why? Because your body loves to stay in homeostasis. Your body loves to stay at this point of just rest. So when you push it to the point where it can't rest any longer, it will find a way to make itself grow so it can get back to homeostasis. It's going to find a way. All right, so just do it. I don't care what you do, and I want you to fail with your gifting. I want you to be miserable with your gifting because I guarantee you when you fail, you are going to grow and you're going to learn. And if you are already in motion, you are much easier to stay in motion. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you're an apostle, just for crying out loud, go start anything. I don't care what it is. Go start a lemonade stand. Go start a a dog walking business. Like, I don't care if it's spiritual at all. Just get up and use your gift to start anything, okay? You can start a little telephone tree line. Literally, I don't care what it is. Just start anything. If you're a prophet and you want to learn how to be a prophet, then start hearing God. Like carve time out of your schedule to hear God. Listen to the stories of people hearing God. Go do it for yourself and then go share it with somebody else. It's so simple, but you got to get up and you got to do it. If you're an evangelist, then start recruiting. It does, I don't, again, it, you don't have to be preaching the gospel all the time to be an evangelist. Go just recruit for anything. Go be an army recruiter. Like, go do anything. Just recruit. Get out there and start using your muscles. And guess what happens? When you start using your muscles, you're going to find it much easier to continue advancing in those specific areas. If you're a shepherd, start loving on people. If you don't know people to love, go to Golden Corral. <laughs> go to Walmart. Go down to the homeless Factory, it's not the right word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> not at all what I meant to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's move over here. Um, homeless shelter. Yes, don't, don't create more homeless people. No factories for homelessness. Okay, if you are a teacher, then spend time learning and dig in and get deep and let 
go find revelation that is so intoxicating that you have to share it with other people and begin sharing it. And if, you don't, if people don't listen, who cares? You have a cell phone. You have Facebook. You have podcasts. You just teach it somewhere. I don't care where. Begin to utilize your gift. So the pattern is to be inspired and then to dream with Jesus and then do something, anything, and then fail and then you will grow, and then you do it all over again. Be inspired, dream, do, fail, grow, do it all over again. And you're going to find yourself becoming what Jesus dreams of you becoming. Take a moment, close your eyes, and I want you to think, who are the people that you would say, these are my spiritual heroes in life? And honestly, they don't have to be spiritual. Any heroes, who are your heroes in life? And then if you can, try to think of a hero with your specific number one gifting. All right, who are you thinking of? Smith Wigglesworth Wigglesworth was a plumber. He was a little old nobody. His wife was the preacher, and he served his wife with the church, a very small church. He was a plumber. He worked hard. He was a good guy, but that was it. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to read the Bible. He did not know how to read before. He learned from reading the Bible, if I'm remembering history correctly. The only book he ever read in his entire life was the Bible, and he filled his heart with faith, little piece by little piece by little piece. Smith Wigglesworth did not start out raising the dead. Smith Wigglesworth started out by having a a, a little revelation from the Bible and being in his wife's church and sharing a little tiny revelation and praying for somebody and not expecting too much, and then bam, all of a sudden something begins to happen. And piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. And he continued to steward the gift that was inside of him, and it grew to what we know as Smith Wigglesworth. Right? Who else did you think of? Heidi Baker. She was a church planter of little bitty tiny, tiny, tiny dinky churches you've never heard of and are probably dead by now. She planted like at least five of them. I want to say a dozen, but I don't remember. Five. She planted five churches before Mozambique. Mozambique was number five, right? They had just moved there. And she was done, and she was finished. And she was a nobody, and nobody had a clue who she was. But she just continued to say, yes, God, I will, I will continue with my gifting of apostle. And I will continue to plow forward. And I'll continue to do these churches that don't work and aren't growing and look silly and tiny. And because you called me to, I will say yes. And then God calls her to Mozambique. And yeah, Mozambique. But she, when she comes back from Toronto, it all completely falls to pieces and she fails. The government takes everything away. And she has all these kids she's got to take care of. And it did not go gloriously. And it was years in the making before the first apple showed up and before the first salvations really started to happen and before the first dead person raised from the dead. And now we know her as Heidi Baker, 15,000 churches planted, hundreds raised from the dead, changing a million souls in Mozambique. But Heidi Baker started like, like me, started just like you. Who else did you think of? Author Blessed, carrying the cross around the world. 
He had to build a little tiny cross out of two by fours and just start walking and be super embarrassed and have no testimony and get laughed at his first time. And he just continued to say, yes, God, I will continue to go in thousands and thousands and thousands of salvations, hundreds of countries, because he continued to say yes. Who else did you think of? Danny Silk, amazing shepherd of the kingdom of God at Bethel Church. Danny Silk, I think, was a pastor of another little church before. No, none of us had ever heard of. But you know what? He continued to say, yes, God, I'm going to love people. 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 And today, he's transforming the thoughts of how to love and shepherd people in a global level to hundreds of thousands of people hearing his teachings because he continued to say yes and amen. And you pick any of your heroes. Every single one of them started as a little tiny ant, and they failed. And their, their first things they did stunk, and they were terrible. But they said, yes, God, I will continue. I will keep moving forward. And God didn't just give them one more of what he already gave them. He gave them cities. And then he continued to give them whole countries and whole continents in Jesus' name. Amen? So that can be you. There's no reason it shouldn't be you. And it is what Jesus dreams of doing in some level. And I'm not saying everybody's supposed to be some global figure, but in some level, your rewards are going to come by you simply saying yes and amen to Jesus and applying the gifting that he invested into you, applying it, moving forward. And when you take risk, and when you fail, he's going to give you more, he's going to give you more, he's going to give you more, he's going to give you more. And when you get to heaven, he's going to say, come into my joy, my good and faithful servant. I'm so proud of you because you took risk, because you stewarded the thing that I gave to you. Amen. So whatever the gift, just dream with Jesus and get up and get busy doing something with it. Amen? So three questions we're going to end with. First question is, what are you doing now with the gifting that Jesus invested in you? What does Jesus dream of doing with that gift? And then the third question is, what can you do now to show him that you are a good steward and that he can give more to you? Okay? So close your eyes. Take a minute. Think of the first one. What are you doing now with the gift that Jesus gave to you? What does Jesus dream of doing? Jesus, we give you permission. Just come and talk to us. Come and show us. What do you dream of doing? Why did you give us this measure of gifting that you gave us? What can you do now to show him that you're a good steward and that he can give more to you?
Randy uh, felt like she just had a great thought I wanted to share with you guys. So as Grant was talking about the apple seed uh, analogy, when I was growing up, my grandparents had an apple tree right next to their patio. And so like the whole time I was growing up, I remember this process of apples and what that looks like. And if you guys have ever, I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience, but there's a lot of things that like to eat apples. It's difficult. <laughs> Like there was one year we had got one apple. That tree was full of apples and birds came and insects came and there were worms in them and we were busy and we didn't pick them and they fell on the ground and rotted. And like there's a lot of other things other than us that like apples. (laughs) It's uh, raising apples, getting those seeds to plant is not a passive process. That's a, it's an active process where you got to put out, you know, fake owls to scare off the birds and you have to do things in order for that to work properly, you have to yeah. kind of steward the apple tree. And then I felt like the Lord was telling me that kind of toward the end of your message, you know, when you're talking about failing, like that sounds fine when you're here hearing it on Sunday mornings and yeah, working out, that's great. Break down your muscles and let them rebuild. In life, that sucks. <laughs> it's hard to fail and fall on your face and feel like you're the biggest failure in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that all, you know, I've, this is an amazing sermon. And I'm totally digging what the Lord's doing here. But we've got, again, this is kind of my theme, I guess, but we've got to figure out what it looks like in community. Because mm-hmm. if you go out on your own and try to do this stuff and fail and you feel alone and just, you know, you can get depressed about it, it's just it's a bummer. Yeah. Like we've got to cover all this in community, and that's what the Lord's told us to do. And then it gets even more fun because people have better ideas for you and they can encourage you and lift each other up, and we get closer in the process. Yeah. So there's more fruit even from the failing process. So I, I just yeah. would challenge you guys, and I'm speaking to myself big time, like we've got to make room in our lives for community in these areas yeah. 
and go there with each other. Do the hard things. Have the hard car, like be vulnerable and open up. And yeah, I tried to start a lemonade stand and nobody bought any freaking lemonade. It was hard. <laughs> you know, like whatever. I mean, whatever's going on, be vulnerable enough to share it. Yeah. And so, so I don't know. I just encourage you guys, if you have ideas on what that looks like, share them with Grant and Rachel. Because I don't really know what it looks like right now. And I don't, I mean, we probably all have ideas, but it yeah. doesn't do any good if we keep them to ourselves. Right. So let's do it together and yeah. share what we've got and just go for it. I think it's yeah. awesome. That's so good. I love it. That's awesome.